This is the Life Truth Network. On October the 2nd, 2016, I was ordained to preach the gospel. The first minister to lay on hands was my father. He gave me two principles. Preach the truth and love your people. With those principles in mind, I preach the word. I'm Nathan Caldwell, and this is Protectors of the Book. There's a question for you. Maybe we should ask ourselves every once in a while, all Jesus has done for us, but what have we done for him? It's interesting, you know, people, they talk about God and then they say, what has God done for me lately? What have you done for him lately? That's a good question, isn't it? I think so. Well, let's turn to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. And there's something you will notice here. This is the last chapter in the book of Job. We made it through the book of Job. There was a lot of repetition. A lot of repetition. But 42, in 42 something happens that has not happened in the entire book. Actually, two things happen. One, some people repent. And two, Job actually is blessed. So let's look at verse 1 of chapter 42. It said, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare unto you, and declare thou unto me, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Wherefore I uphold my I, hmm, try that again. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today. We we ask forgiveness of our sin. We ask for help for our country, but Lord, we ask that you bless this message, that your will be done in it. That I say what you would have me say and not what you wouldn't. Forgive us where we failed you and just help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Job has had a terrible time up to this point. His friends were horrible to him. His wife told him to curse God and die. But when God worked in his way and in his time, Everything fell into place. You know, that's how it is with our life too, isn't it? Oh, so many trials. Oh, so many troubles. Everything kind of has, seems to hit like a hurricane. Until God moves the final piece. Now folks, notice I didn't say until God makes a move. God is constantly moving. God is constantly working 
all things together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. But we do not always see him moving. Even in Job's situation, God was moving. He was preventing Satan from doing certain things. Otherwise, Job would probably be dead right now. But it was hard, and it was hard for Job to understand this. But then God spoke to Job. And he demanded an answer. So Job now repents. Let's look at verse 1 again. Uh, verse 2, actually. Job answers God. He says, I know you can do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. He says, I know that you can do, you're all powerful, you can do everything. He says, I know that there's nothing, no thought can be held from you. He says, I know you know everything. You know it all, you can do it all. And then it says, who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Now the first part is most likely Job quoting God. Who is he that utters counsel without knowledge? This is an accusation that God made towards Job and he's reflecting it back. And he says... So you said that, so I, therefore I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. We are limited in what we know. Which means we better be extra careful what we say about a lot of different things. You ever hear something and the sin in us, you know, wants us to, well, I got to share this with somebody. And then you turn out whatever it was you shared wasn't true. And then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have shared that. Why? I was limited in what I knew. People do that all the time. We're limited in what we know. And there's a lot of times we open our mouth and we should keep it shut. A lot of times. When you have an argument with somebody because you think they're doing something wrong and they aren't, that's speaking without knowledge. We do it a lot. We're limited in what it is. But God, thankfully, knows the truth. He knows everything. And in this situation, Job basically has been questioning God and God's... You don't know anything. And Job says, you know, you're right. I don't. I don't. And then he's quoting God when he says, Here I beseech thee and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. Remember, God demanded of Job an answer. And this is Job's reply in verse 5. He says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now... Mine eye seeth thee. It's one thing 
to know about God. It's another to experience him. Now, Job, I believe, was already heaven bound. He already trusted God and, and, and his words and actions have proven it to this point. He may have said some things, but he never cursed God. And he even said, though he slay me, I will trust in him. I believe Job was a righteous man. But folks, even those who know Christ, the Old Testament was knowing God. Today it's knowing Christ. Even those who know Christ are, are only limited in what we know. And sometimes we kind of know things about God. But we know it a whole lot better when we experience God. I think that's why tribulation works patience, y'all. I think tribulation works patience because we see that God is able to work through this mess that we call life. And the more we see God is able to do, the more we can trust Him so much more. And then look at verse 6. Let's go back to 5 again because these two go together in my opinion. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. You see, not only did Job see God for who God was, he also saw himself for who he was. And folks, I want to tell you something. When we see God for who God truly is, we start to see ourselves for who we really are. And you know who we are? We're sinners. We are sinners. And when we see our sin, so many times, people's response is, eh, no big deal. Or, eh, I'll ask forgiveness for it later. When we should be repenting in dust and ashes. Now I don't mean literal dust and literal ashes. But there was a humility in what Job was doing. When he repented, as he said, in dust and ashes, he was putting himself low and bringing God up. See, what Job nearly did was he tried to bring himself up and put God down. Now, he did, I don't know that he went that far. But when he started questioning God and almost said, this ain't fair, this ain't fair. It's like, okay, Job, you say you know better than what God knows? How many times do we do this? Not on purpose, not out loud, but in our minds and in our hearts, do we not sometimes go, God, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Maybe God is saying, even today, even here, maybe he's saying, do you know more than I know? It's not fair that I have a handicap. It's not fair that I'm not as successful as somebody. And God might be asking, do you know better than I know? And of course, the answer is no, we do not know better than God. God is far above us. 
and we are far below him. He loves us. He died for us. But he is still above us. And when we sin, we need to repent so humbly, so sorrowfully. Is it just me or is the world missing sorrow for sin? A whole lot of it. Not everybody, of course, but you see sin and you see somebody going, ah, big deal. When was the last time you saw somebody cry over their sin? It's been a while. It's been a while. What is our response to sin? Well, Job repented. I think that's what we need to do. We see a lot of mess right now going on. And people are, it's not fair. It's not fair. This is an outrage. This is wrong. Listen, folks. Jesus, sorry. God said vengeance is his. Not mine. And if you want to see what happens when man tries to take vengeance or control for himself, last night was a pretty doggone good example. It's chaos. If you want to see an example of what God does when he takes vengeance, read the book of Revelation. It is ordered. Because God knows exactly who he's targeting and who he's not. You see, God can target the bad guys and just the bad guys. Some of these people last night may not have known it, but they were targeting the good guys and the bad guys. Everybody was hurt by rioting and mess and limiting transportation. Everybody gets hurt by that. And ultimately, you probably end up hurting yourself too. This whole mess started with sin. I mean, the planet started with sin too, but the, 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 the thing that people are rioting against, it started with sin. At first to say it. There was a whole lot of sin involved. But we shouldn't keep sinning to protest it. I won't get any more because it starts to sound political after a while and I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying, folks, when we see our sin, we need to repent, repent, repent. And let God do what God is supposed to do. You know, God then deals with Job's friends. Talking about God having vengeance or making things right. Read verse seven here with me. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job had. So in other words, Job had a better picture of me than you did, and you were misrepresenting me. Oh, the damage that is done when people misrepresent God. How serious is it? Well, look at verse 8. 
He tells them, therefore, take unto you now seven bullets and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly. And that you have not spoken of me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. Folks, basically he's telling them you better tread lightly. And when your sacrifice is given, I don't want you to do the praying, he says. I want you to tell Job to pray for you. Because I'm not listening to you guys right now. God was upset. And make no mistake, God is upset today when people misrepresent him. It does a whole lot of damage. And it's dangerous to misrepresent God. <clears throat> but notice too what God did for Job here. Right here. He told them, you have been saying Job was wrong the whole time. But now God himself is telling them they're wrong. They were wrong. Folks, we're hurt by people all the time. We're hurt by people all the time. It could be little things, it could be big things. But one day... God is going to make everything right. Everything. The Bible says that he will wipe the tears from our eyes. Our hurts will go. Where, res where resolution is needed, they will be resolved. Where forgiveness is needed, things will be forgiven. I'm not talking about sin. If you don't, if you don't repent of your sin now, while, while you're living, you can't get forgiveness when you're dead. You can't, get, you can't get forgiveness of sin after... You can't accept Christ after you're dead. You can't do that. It's too late. But as a saved person, if I'm holding something in my heart that I shouldn't be holding, when I go to heaven, I'm going to be able to let it go. I'm going to be able to let it go. And I'm going to be able to be at peace with my fellow brother or sister in Christ. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> we won't have to worry about who's right or who's wrong. We just ask Jesus. He'll straighten it all out. Look at verse 9. <clears throat> Not only does God make this right with his friends, God makes something else right. Look at verse 9. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. Notice though that Elihu wasn't spoken against here by God. Just notice. Verse 10 says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job... When he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much 
as he had before. Twice as much, that's important, so we'll be back to that in a minute. Then came there unto him all his brethren and his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she asses. That's double what he had before. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. Wait, what? Seven sons and three daughters. Se seven sons. But he, but he started with seven sons and three daughters. I thought he had double. He did. Because the first seven sons and three daughters, though dead on the earth, were alive somewhere. Now there's a good chance that he's probably in heaven because I have a feeling he taught them right. And hopefully they trusted God like their daddy did. But folks, humanity doesn't push out of existence. When you die, that ain't it. And there are people today that, 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 that they'll say, when you die, that's it. And they're wrong. It's, it's not it. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. But you go somewhere. You go somewhere. Verse 11, though, it's interesting. You know, when he talks about all the stuff that that God did. Look at this. Came his brethren, his sisters, all they that had been of his acquaintance before. And look at all the comfort and all the fellowship he had. You see, before even Job had mentioned earlier in our study that he had lost his reputation. People look at, looked at him and he was like, it was like he was bad work. Like you say, Job, everybody's like, get away from me, don't talk about him. Like this, he was a byword. He was a bad word. But now his reputation has returned. And he was comforted. Look at verse 13. No, I'm sorry, 14. And he called the name of the first Jemima. And the name of the second Keziah. And the name of the third Karen Hapich. Verse 15, and in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job and their father gave them an inheritance among their brethren. I think that God was honoring Job here by making his daughters the most beautiful daughters in the land. I think that it is a father's joy to see his family thrive. And to see those beautiful daughters, I think that that was a blessing to Job. An extra blessing to Job. Verse 16 says, After this lived Job an hundred and forty years, and saw his sons and his, and his sons' sons for even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. Job got to live a long 
and peaceful life of prosperity after this time of trouble. And folks, I'm pretty sure that the time of peace for Job was a whole lot longer than that time of trouble. And folks, I want to tell you something. This world, this earth is hard. But folks, there's going to come a time of peace and a time of prosperity. I'm talking about eternity in heaven for those who trust Christ. That's going to be a whole lot longer than what we had to deal with down here on earth. God is going to make everything right. Folks, we all have our moments of pain. In some way, we're all tested. But we need to remember that God will see us through to the other side. Our test right now, part of it's this COVID-19, part of it's the rioting that we see now. We're being tested. But God will see us through to the other side. And when we look at all of Job, I wanted to say something to conclude the entire series. I wanted to say that the book of Job is not about a perfect person. There was only one of those. When God pressed himself out in human form, lived that perfect life, and then died and rose from the dead to save us. And for those here and those listening at home, I have to ask, do you know him today? If not, getting to know him is real easy and he wants to know you. He already knows you. He wants you to know him. Personally, he wants a personal relationship with you. And if you want that, if you want forgiveness of your sin and that personal relationship, you could pray a prayer something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died and rose from the dead for me. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and make me new. Be my Savior, be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you pray something like that and mean it, that's a big important part, and mean it, God will answer that prayer. And you will have a place in heaven forever. The words you say aren't important. It's what's in your heart. The Bible says, with the heart, man believes unto the righteous, unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made to salvation. I think that the, the repentance and, and salvation kind of go come in the heart and with the mouth you tell others that you have made that decision. And you confess that Jesus is your Lord. 